Good evening, friends, and welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday? Wonderful. It's uh, springtime in in North America. Always, always a happy thing mm-hmm. to, to have this week. Um, how's your uh, your life vacation been? <laughs> I call I call your uh, just, not just your bad. portable house uh, your vacation home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's does it be your vacation home if you only have one sure you can why not uh, i mean if you just lived in in homes all over the place they'd be vacation homes right true true but i guess you just have one so. uh yeah i just i just have the one so well no we're not gonna get into that <laughs> um yes yes i just have the one um yeah i am on virginia's east coast uh somewhere called James Island? Jamestown? I don't know. Not Well, I'm not far from Jamestown, but I'm farther than I was a couple weeks ago. Um, Are you by Roanoke where all the, the witches were? I know that's Massachusetts, I think. Oh, okay. uh, further further north it, it's, from here. I'm, the East Coast is all the same to me. I have, I have no idea. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how it was for me. So I'm going to name drop some places that'll mean nothing to you. But I'm somewhere kind of halfway but a little on the south end of the distance between uh um norfolk virginia uh where uh, uh near where virginia beach is is that where the pentagon is no, that's virginia. i think that's closer to dc um and there's an i think a naval base down there uh and then the island goes up and becomes maryland and you go back west, and uh, Baltimore and D.C. are up there. Um, but I had to go through a long bridge with some tunnels in the, I think it's the opening of the of the Chesapeake Bay. I don't know. I put stuff in Google Maps and just go where it tells me. <laughs> uh, but there's this long highway that crosses the water, and every once in a while it goes down under the water in a tunnel so that the ships can go across above it. Yeah. Um, and I'm at an RV park that is right up against, uh, the water of what is almost the Atlantic Ocean. There's a set of islands. I think they're called the Barrier Islands. Okay. They are Barrier Islands, if that's not their actual name. And so the water that I see is on this side of those islands. Um, and so I think it's called a bay or something because it's not the ocean ocean hmm. but there's almost nothing except those islands um where i'm set up those islands and a few little um trees blocking my view of water like completely to the east from my camper because this rv park just opened april 1st and there is almost nobody else here wow I've se- I mean, I, I, I sat outside yesterday um, and did some work on my tablet, and I saw, you know, maybe half a dozen, maybe eight people go by, like one family and a couple, and then a couple of the, the park um, employees. So it's pretty quiet here. Um, I did something that I have not done in years and years, and uh, on Saturday, because I got here Friday, 
uh, Saturday morning, I got up early enough to watch the sunrise. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, one of the one of the park employees mentioned it to me, and I'm like, you know, there's a almost unobstructed view of the eastern horizon here. I should probably do that. So I set an alarm, and I got up, and I went outside, and it was still a little too cold. So I went back in the camper, and there's a window <laughs> no. right here by my... <laughs> Just look outside. By my little... Yeah, my little desk set up as a nice window if I push the curtains open. And uh, and I just watched it. And I've seen the sun set many times. And I've seen a handful of sunrises. But, you know, it's depending on your, you know, your schedule and your lifestyle. It's a little less convenient to see uh, a sunrise than, than a sunset. I also used to, um, well, I didn't used to drive a lot more compared to now. Yeah. But before I started doing this, I almost never drove for like a decade. Um, yeah. Not, I mean, I just didn't commute, right? Because I was working from home. So I would, uh, you know, I would drive back and forth from my parents' place up north to Bloomington, or I would drive to store. But when I was younger, I used to drive, you know, commute to school, commute to work. And when you're driving, you have a better chance of seeing the sunset, right? Because it happens yeah. kind of in the prime time of the day depending on the season uh but the sunrise is a little trickier and so i got up and i was like okay well it's saturday so it didn't i didn't mind i actually laid back down after it was done and i didn't sleep but just kind of laid in bed and read for like an hour and a half yeah um but i was like i was like what is this gonna be like is it it's just gonna be kind of like the sunset Right. But, you know, it depends on the clouds and sometimes it's better than other times. And it's really it is similar, but the colors are different for whatever reason. I don't know. I'm sure there's a good reason based on the, you know, uh, whatever's in the atmosphere and stuff like that. Right. But it's more like it's more like pink and peach where the sunset is more red and orange. I mean, they're still red and orange in both. And then. It got to a point where the the rest of the sky was starting to get light, and as I said, there are some like uh, brush and and trees right on the edge of the water here. Yeah, and I was like, well, the main part of it is probably behind that tree right there. So, and I don't want to go outside and walk around just to get a different angle and then stand out there in the cold. It's not that cold, but like <laughs> cold enough right. to not just stand out there staring at the horizon. Um, and then. Almost right when I was I was about to, you know, get up and make some more coffee or whatever, um, the actual sun, like, peaked over the horizon. And if you've ever watched that happen, it moves faster than you would expect. It is like, you know, I compared it to Lion King because it's like that shot at the... Yeah, yeah. In the opening of, of the Lion King, except, you know, the sun is small. It's not gigantic. Like, it maybe <laughs> looks course, down right. at the equator. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but yeah, that was Saturday morning. And then, um, I drove around a little bit. I went out to, um, a little diner, um, just a little, one of those, like you see diners in movies all the time. And I've been to those before, but this is like a tiny little, like the, you know, booths on the, on the outside wall. And then stools on the bar, and it's all just really tight and compact in there. Um, 
and I had breakfast there. And then I went up to a nature trail. It's part of um, TNC, the Nature Conservancy. Yeah. Uh, which was a name I recognized. And I was like, this will be a nice, like, go outside and do a little walking and get some fresh air and whatever. It ended up being, like, I don't know, two and a half miles of walking with no, like, slopes or inclines or anything. Just sort of casual stroll, like, through a really, like, picturesque woods with really tall, straight pines. Um, and then some kind of marshy wetland areas where people come to... Uh, uh, bird watch, um, which I never really got into, but I could see the appeal. Um, sure. Of that, my you know my grandpa always used to, you know, he had a lot of bird feeders in his backyard, and he would watch and try to see catch something more interesting than a sparrow. Um, <laughs> I, I was out I was, in his backyard I was recently, and, and I, keep the keep the squirrels away. Right. I was recently thinking, you know. Some of our listeners are are uh, um, not in necessarily North America, so a lot of times on your trip they don't know distances somewhat, uh, or maybe they're not in the U.S. And I was thinking, oh, how do we explain sure. that? Especially since they're you know the like the Peterson projection on the maps are different than what you know the sizes of things aren't actually what they are. Oh, sure, sure. So there's a great website I went and looked up called like thetruesize.com. dot com. Um, but it's uh, it's one that you can like drag around countries around the world, and it scales them based on, you know, their sizes and mm. stuff. It's, it's pretty simple and easy to do. Uh, so you can see you can see the world in a in a less racist way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so you have uh, in in your travels the way I, I kind of put this up there. Uh, when you were in Texas, we'll say for. If people are familiar with the the, the EU or Europe, uh, he would have you would have you I'm you know third person Dennis would have been in say like okay. Portugal uh, when you were in Texas, and then now you're the equivalent of Poland on the far side of Poland, Poland. by Belarus. Okay. Uh, so that you've traveled all the way across Europe from Texas to where you are now, you've traveled all the way across Europe, which is a pretty significant way to go. I, I'm also. You know, for, right. for the size of countries, I'm not disparaging countries in Europe. You know, I love Europe, but they're they're considerably small. Like many of them are sizes of small you know, are small states. Um, sure, each sure. Country, like France is probably the biggest country in in Europe, and it's just the size of Texas. I mean, Texas is is big. It's big, right? I mean, the U.S. in general is yeah. is, a, is a big country yeah like, yeah, like russia course. i mean if you look at the like atlas russia takes up half the globe right but if you m m you know actually put it over things it's not quite as big as it shows but it's big it's the yeah, biggest country you, in the you world you lay the but... map flat and and places like russia and canada look larger because of that projection yeah. also both of those um uh canada and russia both have a large percentage, I think it's much, much more in Russia than in Canada, but a large percentage is permafrost. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's a big state. Kind of the same thing with Texas. Like Texas is this great big state, but a big chunk of it is, is desert. Although that's true for all of Arizona and it's, you know, a smaller state. Yeah. And I, and I've, um, I've only not, been to, all of Arizona, I don't I've only been to uh, England and France uh, in Europe, but I, but of those places I went, ma primarily France, when I went around the the country, it, yes, it has its rural countryside and stuff, but it, it's 
there's city close cities are fairly close there's always something right. there's roads are all connecting and there's there's it felt like there's more consistency of people everywhere you go in france as opposed to driving around here especially if you cross america you cross the mississippi then time stretches forever like it, it really does you you have long long stretches hour sometimes two hours and the more you go out west oh, out, the longer out it west, takes to mean? get to other people yeah yeah i mean it's I mean, just like the permafrost thing it's proportionate yeah. to i mean these things aren't as important now as they were when quote-unquote we were settling those areas or you yeah. know before technology yeah, right? right 100 150 years ago um more people lived where there was more water basically yeah and right. and better um uh, uh temperatures right so the, the u.s itself right. it's, more, it's funny if you could if you could moderate. like if there was a way to take out wilderness out of countries and then see you know the the what, what i guess you would say urban sprawl or the urban worlds how much hmm. are, that would be an interesting site right like the entire continent of africa would be relatively small right Whereas Europe, yeah, you take, whereas you Europe would be close to the out. same size that it is. Right, right. Yeah. Do you I, know? Uh, do you know what the? I think this is true, and if it's not, we'll look it up, and maybe I'll be wrong. But do you know what the most densely populated city is? Or no, not that's not right. The largest city by population. Uh, by you mean people all stacked into one area. I would, I would have to, yeah. I would have to guess it's somewhere in India, but am I wrong? I think it's Tokyo, Japan. Okay, it's, it's sure something like that. it's something like forty-five million people in Tokyo. Yeah, that that is that is, is one city that I am dying to go see. I mean, it's one hundred percent top of my bucket list for mm. top three of bucket list places to go to, and um, by what I've seen of it, you know. Those wonderful people over there are stacked on top of each other. <laughs> so you know. I, yeah, I, I someday would like to go to Japan. I would like to uh, camp somewhere where you can look across a lake and see Mount Fuji. Yeah, that'd be cool. Although you'll probably that, have like that happens in seven thousand apartments in an anime on top that I like. But <laughs> I, I think there seem to be places that are rural. Like you can go out and there are empty places. There are just a ton of people in Tokyo. Yeah. Um, so I the, mean, I don't know. The the uh, um, it's you, you have a great area of the world, and it's an island, right? Right. So you right. you, you got to fit everybody onto the space. They it's a, a country like Japan is limited on its space, right? Like in, here in America, right. we can keep having babies, and they can just dump them out in Kansas. Right? <laughs> you know, they can they can grow up there. That's that's exactly how it works. It's exactly, you just like move them all to Kansas because it's. I mean, if if it's mm-hmm. one of those like you, you you can't escape the the overcrowding. Uh, wow. Speaking of which, I'm looking at Japan. I'm doing. I'm I'm on that true size of site. Like Japan's actually pretty darn big. Like I I I might take this back. It's the size of of like it stretches from Germany I to know. Portugal. That's pretty darn big. Yeah, I found um, I found a YouTube video late one night. It's like I have seen enough of these kind of videos that I start getting them on my suggestions, right, with the algorithm. But um, it's a guy who who doesn't talk. Like, he goes around and 
points his camera and then he'll put captions on the video, which is nice for me because often they are speaking in Japanese. And so I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to understand them anyway. Um, he rode an overnight um, ferry ship, ferry boat, um, from, it's not directly from Tokyo. I think he had to go a little bit, a couple hours outside of Tokyo to find the, to get on this boat. And then it went up to, I think, Hokkaido. Hokkaido. Um, and the whole trip was like almost 24 hours. Oh, yeah. And it's like, if you drove that distance, it would be like 20 hours. But it, you know, a ship moves slower, even though it, you know, can just go. It has to go out into the ocean and then, um, and then come back in. And they have like little sleeping pods and, and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, it's larger than you think. I know that when, when, uh, my sister and I went to Ireland, um, that whole island is a little bit smaller than Indiana. Oh yeah. By, by square miles, square kilometers. Right. And so I definitely observed the kind of infrastructure decisions that you make with a country that small. Like, even though it's very rural, the roads are very narrow. Yeah. Right? They're like very narrow roads with like stonewall fences right up, right up to them. They don't have, uh, shoulder, we call them shoulders. They call it something else, easing or I don't know. I don't remember it anymore, yeah. but, um, I was like, well, yeah, it makes sense when you've only got this much space for pasture and the soil is kind of rocky, um, a pasture and crops. Uh, yeah. You don't want to lose a bunch of that making all the roads wider. Mm, sure. Yeah. So I, uh, uh, I, this is a, um, geography talk with Michael and Dennis. If you're just tuning in, mm -hmm. uh, last top on topic on kind of a geography thing. One of the things that I periodically like to, uh, pause on whether it's like a Facebook post or Instagram or TikTok is um I will see the craziness that is Australia. Um that mm. like that that uh continent is just um to kill people and kill humans, right? Today I saw right. a um guy in northern Australia going into to like an abandoned house trying to because they had a wasp problem and the the darn wasp nest was this almost the size of a small room. I'm like and he was freaking out and I'm like I, I can't even imagine freaking out. Like this is insane that, you know, only in Australia can you have a wasp nest the size of a room, like a, a bedroom. Like, oh my God. That, that, yeah. That it's sort of the, I think, I think Florida is the, is the Australia of the U S yeah, probably cl close to it. That or, or maybe Arizona, yeah. Arizona more by climate, Florida more by, uh the population <laughs> the, the the craziest there the 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 people the, the people uh so okay well m m moving on from from that one uh i so you know what we haven't done in a while let's start with our movie this week because we you know we can get we, we're right. usually ending with that one let's let's go ahead and hit our our movie this week we got right right <laughs> Dead Poets Society. Had you seen this one before? Yeah, I had seen this years ago, and so most of what I remembered were the the bits and the tropes. It's um, it's good. I don't uh, I don't I don't know that I have a huge 
amount plus or minus to say for it. I, d- I did notice something that I probably um, was not as keenly aware of the first time I saw it, because I don't know how long. I mean, I was eight when this movie came out, so I'm sure I when I saw it, it was old, but, yeah. um, you know, I was still probably fairly young. When he first has the student read the read the introduction of the poetry book poetry textbook i immediately was like oh i don't know anything about poetry but this is this is nonsense like (laughs) it makes perfect sense that he's and i kept thinking of the episode of community where they riff on this movie right is what community does but um there's a professor at greendale like doing all the same stuff right like um coming up to the the students in class and i forget what he calls them but he's calling them stuff he's climbing up on benches and telling them to seize the day and (laughs) it's all it's it's all played for laughs but um he has or or in the office michael does this when he goes to the to the business school and like just starts tearing pages out of the textbook (laughs) and it's like no that the textbook is not pointless there's just this awful introduction trying to uh, uh, evaluate the quality of a poem with a mathematic formula, right? And you're like, okay, yeah, that is BS. It's terrible, right? You know, and he says it once, and not not until I think. I mean, I appreciated it when when they did that scene, but uh, at the end when the the mm-hmm. fill in crappy guy comes in and he uh, he tells he tells him to start reading the out of the book that. Um, and I, and right. now all of a sudden after this whole thing, they they kind of make you have a little bit of appreciation for. Uh, poetry and i i do anyway but it does even more and then you're like oh yeah that's even this is triple terror terrible you know how how dare they take all this poetry we've been e- experiencing in different ways throughout this movie and then now they want us to quantify it and tell us what's good or right like, okay that's terrible mm-hmm. um yeah so y- yeah it's a little it's a little heavy-handed oh yeah for sure um I had seen this once, and then this is the second time I've seen it. Saw it once around the time it came out. Back then, it was out on VHS, so I watched it when it came out right. on VHS. Um, I was younger, so maybe it was several years after. Um, but I remember enjoying it. That's why I had picked this one uh, before. And then I, I enjoyed it enough here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't. How do I say this without going into a crazy rabbit hole topic here? But. It is the whitest okay. white show of the whitest whiteies of whiteies that I've ever whited. It's so white. Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's. A... I just. It's just pervasive in everything that I that I couldn't see. I mean, not just the cast. And I know it's a time period piece of the places and where they're at. Yes, but. Yeah, there were no there were no persons of color at at you know New England boys prep schools in whenever this is taking right, place. But, but like there, there wasn't the even 60s. anyone like there wasn't anyone at the other parties at the other schools or anything. Right. Um, and not, not to mention, I'm not just saying just the color of the skin of the thing. Like this show was, was white as white could white. Um, sure. and, and I never had seen it in that light. And, and I'm not saying that I have a different color glasses. It was just very blatant. Like, the things that I mm. that I kept seeing about was more like the script, who it's talking to, who it's who would understand these kids' plights, who would understand the adults' plights. Of course, who, you know what what perspective do you see here? Who was what are they 
trying to tell. I'm like, all this is just a, a white, a white middle class to upper class, actually middle class white people's story. Um, I don't think anyone could identify this in any other way. Um, and then the problems that are that they're having throughout this whole thing are very white problems. Um, and they don't address it as such. They, I mean, back in the late 80s, they weren't trying to, you know, they weren't making this point. But I could not see it. Like the, the, the problem with the old parents, you know, wanting to have, you know, uh, their kids to do this and the way that they had to do it with their, you know, go to the school they want to get in the Ivy League colleges to become a doctor and a lawyer and a thing. And while that can be happening in other cultures, sure, this is a that's this is definitely an Ameri- white American problem back back then. Um, I think yeah, I think today it's it's more that that would be more relatable to a non maybe not any non-white audience, but like Asian or Indian yes. yeah. or yeah. There've got to be. Yeah, and, and I'm not but... saying that it's it's not that's not that is yeah. that is that kind of problem. Some of the problems they have here, but the setting. And I mean, the we that they we have saw very much. We saw if you remember uh, a movie we watched on the poster called um, Three Idiots. Yeah. Um, about the boys at the school in India, right? They do the song mm-hmm. all as well, and it actually has the same. Uh, um, spoiler for this movie, so I'm gonna hit the bell here. But um, that movie, again, if you don't want to be spoiled on Dead Poets Society or Three Idiots, jump ahead. Um, that movie had the same suicide risk subplot yeah. and and plot device um, that that this one has. And I don't know if I don't know if one is is more relatable than the other, but yeah, there's a definite kind of, I mean, I said I don't know much about poetry, and I really don't, but I know enough and have talked to a, a handful of people who do, like my sister who got an English degree, to know that there are some of those poets like Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau, who, who you know, then they quoted in this movie, like, I went to the woods to live, live deliberately, what, whatever, right? Like this real, like from a certain perspective this real smug condescending like i'm gonna live out in nature not in the city like all the gross city people do yeah well he built a he built a cabin way out on some estate land owned by his parents he he was basically living in his parents basement and then writing smug poetry about it yeah yeah <laughs> right and we'll get letters from actual english scholars <laughs> but, yeah i, uh, I had kind of with this one the same thing is like these guys, these boys had troubles, which I mean, universal troubles. And, you know, we can water it down to a narrowed focus type thing. But, but, you know, I, again, now that I have, I guess here's how I think about it. When, as I grow up, I only know, uh, uh, an average middle West, uh, Midwestern white kids experience. Right. I mean, I had, I had of people of color that were friends, but I was mainly based around that kind of thing. So that's a, that's just a perspective that I know and understand and can relate to. And obviously in, uh, American, um, media, I was, uh, surrounded by that reinforcement stuff, right? Like, you know, I, yeah. I see, I, yeah. I see all, the, all of that to, to see things. So the majority of the entertainment was made for the demographic majority 
of the audience. Yes. Yeah. And now that, right? and now since then I've been able to see a lot of different perspectives and see a lot of things, you know, uh, more of what real America kind of is, um, the, the makeup demographic, I should say. And, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to get into a, a, a demographic thing here, but what I am saying is that I, I have a lot of different perspectives and I watch some of these old things when they're based on period pieces and they just feel like they have blinders on. Like there's, th this is such a terrible, horrible thing. Uh, and they're talking about, you know, season the day and stuff. And like, they don't even realize that there isn't a single African-American in public school because they're not allowed. These kids are worried about, you know, and parents and things about you know, doing all this extremism with their kids and not let them get into, you know, they got Ivy League doctors and lawyers and thinking, I'm like, man, there are, there is people in Mississippi right now that there that are being lynched all the time. You know, the entire country is sure. oppressive in, in that time. And the only time you're going to see in this environment, an African-American person is in the kitchen back then. And, right. and, and, you know, they, so much so that they don't even mention them in movies in the late eighties when they want to have a period piece. Cause they just want to talk about the white blinders. I'm, I'm being very attacking here, but it was just so hard for me not to see that. Um, hmm. and it, it, because these kids were, you know, running off and they're, they're seizing the day by escaping school and going out into a, a cave to, to play the saxophone and be rebels I'm like, this, this is silly, right? This is silly. Hmm. You know, it, it, it just was really not, you know, all that big of a deal or impressive in any way. They weren't seizing the day or carpe diem. And that one kid who went out and got the, the girl, okay, that was kind of okay and kind of seizing, but it just was so small um, to things. Um, and I've seen other movies when, you know, that are coming of age movies that are, with oppressive parents and stuff that are done better, um, that are, sure. are more impactful. I thought the performances were pretty good. I don't want to mean to knock it. I thought the writing was pretty good. Um, it was just very, very focused on, uh, I don't know, richy rich kids, you know, and, and then the sure. plight of sure. the poor rich kids. And I, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's an idea. Um, Maybe that's where I was coming at. The, 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 I, I was not yeah, yeah. saddened I, I, by the plight, the, these poor, w rich, spoiled sure. kids who had wonderful yeah, yeah. houses and cars and were like Buffy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's hard, hard to be relatable. I mean, because there's, there's an idea. I think the term is relative privation where, you know, someone's, uh, you can't dismiss or you shouldn't dismiss someone's um, challenges, let's say, yeah. uh, because both easier and more difficult challenges exist, right? I, I, I worded that in a weird way. But, like, my problems are still my problems, even if your problems are worse. I, I do, I do right? agree with that. And, I, and, and, I, and, yeah. and I'm not I, – I, but, I, but I definitely get what you're saying, where it's, it's more than that. It's that these – these characters in this setting, in this time, and I'm sure similar versions of them still exist today, are living in a position of incredible privilege. Incredible privilege, yeah. Um, and so you can, this is a, this is a thing that, that you say a lot mm -hmm. and that often kind of irks me, depending on what, what we're <laughs> talking about, if it's some beloved classic, but uh, this story has been done better. Right? Yeah, I already I, I already named three idiots, which is a 
an Indian film. I don't remember if it's Bollywood or not. Right. Those the term is a little over applied, but um, you don't even have to go that far. Um, um, Goodwill Hunting mm-hmm, is is I mean the scope of that movie is even narrower, right? Yeah. It's like the one of those neighborhoods outside of Boston, but because the characters are not in a place of privilege, like um, um, Robin Williams is playing a similar kind of mentor character, but with so much more, I mean, and it's one-on-one, right? So it's a different kind of story. Like yeah. the Robin Williams character in Dead Poet Society is trying to lead and help a whole class where in Goodwill Hunting, it's, it's him and one guy, it's him and Matt Damon. And so, you know, by definition, it's going to be much more personal, much more intimate and much more, um, um, emotional and raw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're, you're probably right. I, I didn't notice that stuff, but I also, uh, you know kind of half watch this and mostly listen to it because it's so much dialogue yeah um yeah i i, and... I always i always saw it was it, yeah. maybe the reason i had it because i always i was maybe maybe it is now that we're talking it my i just try to adjust my perspective is you know i i was from a poor family right and and i always sure. saw those guys running around and they've got such problems with their you know girls hanging all over them and their, their rich cars and their, <laughs> they get anything that they want and, you know, life. And, and you're supposed to be like, well, they've got it hard too. My mom always used to say, um, you know, there's kids in Ethiopia that will eat that broccoli. Right. Like I, right. She, right. she always remind me that there's so many people that are worse off in this world. You know, your, your little baby problems that you're complaining about not getting this or, you know, uh, or getting that there's so many people that were, so I guess I was always aware that, even though we had it worse, there's a whole heck of a lot worse people than we have. Um, sure. and, and we would do, you know, when we go to missions and stuff at, or like, um, do missionary things at, at, at church, you could see mm-hmm. the, the people. And I, and I also had a lot of friends that were in the projects. So I would go and see, mm-hmm. and when I said projects, today's projects versus those projects are considerably different. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, they were in Terre Haute, the projects were pretty terrible. Um, and hmm. in my house was terrible, but I go to the projects and with my buddies and it was just awful. Right. And there's, and then I would know about the gangs in other cities and things like that. And, uh, I just, I was always aware that it was so bad. So when I watch a show like this and I see, oh, it's so tough that, you know, he can't, uh, you know, go off and be an actor. I, I feel terrible that I'm making fun of a guy that committed suicide on this show, but you know, it's like, ugh, it's terrible. His, your dad's an asshole. You know, you're, you're, yes, you're in a thing, but your, your, your house is beautiful. You're, you've got this gorgeous bed and all these friends and you're sent to school with all these people. And like, it was just really hard for me to feel like, you know, that these, these poor kids. Right. Um, so anyway, that's, Mm. that's me being down on this one. I I didn't hate the movie. It wasn't anything bad about it. It was just kind of like, it felt eye rolly a lot to me and very privileged. I was like a story about privileged people and their woes. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And, and that I should agree and I should put it out there. I do agree with you that even fabulously wealthy, rich people have real problems. They, they absolutely do. Right. Uh, and this, yeah, this I is, mean, that's, that's the, the character who committed suicide. Like, 
none of the none of the other privation or suffering in the world um you know made him gave him any comfort in his in the situation that he felt trapped in yeah um so yeah yeah, yeah. i can see that but but you're definitely right the uh you know a lot of it just uh i mean at the very least i don't i don't know about all of the um the sort of privilege and and socio-political aspects of it but um it definitely at the very least did not age well yeah Um, for sure a lot of it comes across really kind of i mean i at earlier in the conversation i i described that last sequence as heavy-handed but it's really like full you know movie movie cheese of this era like late 80s early 90s kind of um uh you know, like all those John Grisham adaptations and yeah. stuff like that, where there's a big, this one didn't even have a big speech. Like the kids all got up on their chairs and it didn't like nothing in the story changed. Like maybe the characters, the boys went on to live better lives. I mean, definitely a not better lives, different lives. Um, you know, a, a position of privilege is definitely one of those where you really can appreciate art and things like poetry and should rather than, uh, you know, rather than not, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, I don't know, just the same as I've already said before. It didn't really age well. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, the upside, and I should always try to look at some of the good things, you know, the, the, the acting was really pretty good. Overall, I thought the kids mm-hmm. did well. Even the, the the boys, um, were believable or unlikable, like they should have been. Um, obviously, Robin Williams is amazing. Even the small things that he could say, and he didn't. He had a he was a major character, but he was overall he didn't have a ton of. They didn't feel like he was like a ma- the main characters in any way. Um, N- no, and, and he no, but he was still odd. very impactful for any lines that he had. Right, the way he, it, mm-hmm. without him in this movie, I'm not sure it would have been the same movie, right? He, he just is very right. convincing when he, he's convincing like a poetry of all things. He's very convincing on making the way he does, <laughs> his, you know, makes the kids do poetry. And, and a lot of the kids are very, just like you would think relatable for any kid. Oh, I don't want poetry. They, they do a lot of scenes where the director will have them stand there and, you know, they'll shrug their shoulders or show disgust. And then Robin Williams reacts and, like there's some really good good acting in this thing, uh, some good directing with a lot of the shots. Like I liked the winter scene, the way it happened. That was when the um, uh, the suicide happened. It slowly starts snowing as it goes through, and then in the next day, it's all this, mm. this white snow that's beautiful and cold and silent. And he it, so that's a lot of good directing. So it does have a lot of good things. It was just for me, obviously, overshadowed by a thing that I just could not ignore enough. Uh, and I don't, and it's that's something that usually doesn't impact me in a way for some reason, I guess this one just really did. So I don't, I, I don't mean to disparage it. If it's your favorite movie, uh, final judgments, it's, it's an okay movie. It's an okay movie to watch. Uh, there's nothing really terrible about it in any way. It's not doing anything wrong. And it does have some things about it. I, who would I recommend this to? Uh, I don't know. Uh, rich kids. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I guess, um, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Or or fans of Robin Williams, maybe. Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't I don't really have anything to add to that. Um, 
I'll just say what I said before. Like, it's fine. It's not, it's not awful. It's, it hasn't really aged well and is from a, from a modern perspective is pretty cheesy, uh, and pretty, um, simplistic, especially for a, uh, a 30 year old movie, um, set in a, set in a period even farther back. Right. Um, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to find something relatable about it. Yeah. All right. So it's your turn. What, what do you got for us? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go back and, um, and pull my second, my, my alternate, uh, Oscars pick, um, the movie Coda. Coda. Um, this one best picture and, um, uh, supporting actor, this this year I, I hadn't heard of it before. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's a it's a smaller story. I think it. Um, Ooh, this one's not even on our know. list, Dennis. You're adding things. It should be. Where's that tab? No, that's the wrong tab. This one. Why do we have two? It's right there. Or I, you I added just added it there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I had that list from Fox, and I didn't add all of them to the to the spreadsheet. Um, Coda, yeah, this one, and I think you know who knows. I've I, well, I'll save that for next week. It's a story about a deaf family, and there's one daughter in the family who can hear. Oh, okay. So it's so it's going to be one of those kind of. (laughs) It's going to be one of those on there. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, we can, I watch that one. I, I was uh, talking to, to to Shelley, and I was say, telling her what she's asked what, what we're watching this week, and I, I said, "Hey, we're going to watch Dead Poet Society. You want to watch that one?" She's like, "Did you just watch kind of a depressive, sad period piece before?" I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." I said, "Some, you know, I I was going to pick a, an uplifting movie, but I figured we'd stay two weeks in there. Now it sounds like we're going to stay in three weeks in our in our sad down <laughs> down serious kind of movies." I, yeah, I don't know if this one is is sad and down. It just might be a little more uh, somber, uh, emotional. Yeah, emotional. Uh, okay, well, cool. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, and I won't spend too much time on this because I don't think that I'm not sure if you've seen that. So I watched The Irishman. Mentioned it earlier in the show uh, this mm-hmm. week. Uh, it was three and a half hours. It, it gets a lot of talk about how long it is, and that's rightfully so yeah, yeah. because um, it clearly could have been been shorter. The, the the ending goes on for like thirty minutes past what it should go on, that uh, mm. it it's it's unnecessary. I mean, I'm sure Martin Scorsese will will you know tell you all reasons why it needed that thirty minutes. But um, when when it was over, when the ending I thought happened, that was like I I got it, and then it went on for thirty more minutes. It's kind of like really hammering it home, you know. And I was like, okay, I got it, I got it. The, the I I'm I'm intelligent enough to know this is how this ends, right? Hmm. Uh, giving me 30 more minutes explaining that is, you know, just made me tired. Um, and it was already three hours, right? Um, right. Uh, but I was in, uh, this was one of those things that I've said many times in the past. I want to watch a show, but I haven't watched it. Why haven't I watched it? Because you just got to be in the right frame of mind, right? To, of to watch something. Yeah. And I was finally in the right frame of mind to watch a mobster movie uh, that hmm. that was a longer movie, kind of like a Godfather type thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where this gets its thing. Now the something I didn't know is that Irishman is, 
is basically the story of um oh his name uh, um oh, why is it oh. escaping me now it's the uh, union leader um hoffa hoffa jimmy, jimmy hoffa? hoffa he's mm-hmm. yeah it's uh that's al pacino plays hoffa which was funny really odd to see him come on the screen one he looks so different and he's older two he looks up like right. he's made up like hoffa so looks way different mm-hmm. um so but you can't you can't miss his his voice right you just right. no matter how different he looks you can't miss his voice and I, I had to look at him sideways like is that pacino holy cow he looks so different um but he yeah it's and i had never really read anything on hoffa or anything so this was a nice kind of informational thing and also did make me go and read things you know some more so mm-hmm. uh sure it was very educational that way um and it's got a it's got a nice mobster story uh, there's a lot of mobster stories out there that are all the same there, there's so much they, okay. that's similar to each other even big ones right uh this one oh, yeah. this one felt true to a mobster movie but um still had its own kind of tweak on it which i felt good about and the actors are obviously phenomenal. They're really good. Martin Scorsese is a great director. Um, of course. But it's so much. To, and it, it, the movie takes place over a couple times, like two time periods, two or three time periods. So you've got the mm. old guys being old guys. And then you've got them not doing Marvel movie effects, but like makeup effects to make them look younger in a lot of scenes. Okay. Not necessarily young, but like in their early 40s. Right? Right. Um, so... It, but even then, they walk like old people, right? So there, there's a scene when they'll come out and they'll get in a fight or something. And you're like, he's fighting like he's an old guy, right? Like he's got his arms, elbows up, and he's kind of like crotching around like, oh, man, you're not as intense. <laughs> I've seen you in Ronin do some awesome action things. You know, this is, you're old now. Uh, so, but yeah, it, and, be, and because of the, the only thing it's good, the reason it's good is because of the strength of the actors. Like They're just so incredible and you're like oh man you you know there's no there's no way i would if i spoke to each of them i said like, there's no way you could have ever done better unless you were 20 years younger then you would have then this w- this performance would have been better just because mm-hmm. your age clearly has set you back um sure and and honestly kind of felt like because of that reason they could they probably could have picked out some really great actors now that were more age appropriate you Hmm. know and then aged them up at the the end but yeah it was fine Uh, if if you want to watch this is a recommended if you want to watch uh the godfather but not watch the godfather for for sure um okay and i actually honestly you know i wasn't a huge fan of the godfather stuff it's okay um but i think i like this one better than the godfather so the people out there can hate on me for that but um Okay. The Godfather was just. By the time I watched it, it was you know, you, you, you broke my heart, Michael. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just too, I already knew everything pretty much. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. the Irishman, uh, that one. Okay. So uh, another thing we get to watch is two things here. We get to see uh, Strange New Worlds trailer came out mm-hmm. with uh, uh, Pike and his new haircut, um, and uh, some, yep. some sexy times Spock. Uh, mm-hmm. Ponfar. Ponfar. And then the next uh, episode of Picard came out, so we can talk about those. What did you think of the Strange New World trailer? Um, It was a lot. I mean, I watched it, and it was definitely one of those trailers that's like, you know, here are 40 clips from the whole season worth of episodes. Um, 
I like the Ponfar bits. They're doing the 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 duel. I forget the name of that duel, but they do it in the original series. Yeah. Um they have to fight to the death. Right. Um and I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm like always, I'm trying to temper my expectations for this. I've heard that it's gonna be episodic. Um I have some faith in Anson Mount after after his performance in season two of Discovery. Yeah. yeah. Um, um and and uh, uh I, 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 I'm gonna know his Romaine name but and what's his name? The spot guy. He he, Ethan, he was great. Ethan Ethan. No, yeah. what's his Ethan, name? I know him. Ethan. That's yeah. <laughs> I wanna I, I will know end up knowing his name, name by the end of this, I'm sure. He's... Yeah, yeah. Uh he he was a great Spock. I'm you know I am on record as, you know, loving Spock. I loved Leonard Nimoy, but I also thought um Zachary Quinto, despite all the issues I have with J.J. Abrams uh, movies after the, his first one, um, you know, Zachary Quinto is an excellent Spock. Yeah. Uh, sure, so I'm sure, not sure. as, I'm not as in love with, I mean, and really none of the, none of the issues that I have with the, the Kelvin verse or Abrams uh, Star Trek movies are about the acting, right? Like, yeah. um, um, Chris Pine is great. Um, um, Carl Urban as as McCoy oh, is great. Um, would, would would you be mad at me if I if I called him my favorite McCoy? I mean, are we still friends now? You, you, you know how I am with you know how I am with originals. Uh, um, I mean, you don't get you don't get Carl Urban McCoy without without, and he's not as he's not as cowboy right like. DeForest Kelly was a was a Western actor, yeah. right? He he was in westerns before, uh, before Star Trek. So it fits. He's like he's playing a sort of like saloon bartender slash doctor kind of right, right uh, kind of character that's a little, um, you know, is a little incongruous. But it was part of what Roddenberry pitched to Desilu at the time, or maybe it was. I don't think it was Paramount yet. CBS, whatever, whatever group CBS was at the time, <laughs> That's right. you know, whoever he these was doing guys a, were, he was doing a space Western, right? It's a Western in space. And then, you know, the pilot came out and people were like, this is not a Western in space. This is something completely different, but he, he still picked like the, the shucksy old, uh, uh, country doctor was part of that, part of that whole thing. Anyway. I'm lost in the weeds here. Uh, I'm excited for it. You know, I mean, we've been saying every time we talk about the new Star Trek shows, we're like, yeah, Strange New World, Strange New World. So we'll see in May. Yeah, I I also liked it. I mean, trailers are trailers. I mean, you and I are old enough to know that they can mean nothing, right? Uh, But just judging it by uh, a thing I liked to watch, I definitely liked to watch that, what, two minutes of, uh, of media. It was cool right mm-hmm. um yeah. I, I did i get to see anything out i got to see little bits of the enterprise it, it looked a little different to me inside so I mean, i'm not judging it. i don't care if it looks different but um and it feels jj abrams ish uh new, new trek is that what they call that um which i i, I dig so i think it's kind of cool um the graphics look like discovery level graphics which are excellent um yeah i mean 
Special effects, same thing, just like the acting in the Abrams movies. The special effects have never been the problem with the new Star Trek. It's just been the writing. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, that um, you just cannot tell by a trailer. And even even the issues I have with Discovery are not in the acting, right? Like, Sonequa Martin-Green seems like a fine, capable actor. Yeah, I just yeah. don't like what the writers have done with her character. And I don't know if that's writers directors or producers well, it's got to be writers or producers because i think because yeah, directors most of the, are mixed they mix them up yeah directors change in and out and so do writers so it's really mostly on the producers i, I would i would assume but i'm not an expert on those things but yeah um yeah i, I i'm looking forward to it I, I, I'm, I'm i'm still even with a cool trailer like this i'm still totally taking this with a like wait and see approaches like episode by mm. episode there it's kind of like uh it's sad to say but discovery has made it where i have to like I, I can't get high, get on the hype train. I've got, I've got a little, a, a little gunshot. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna like, I'll, I'm definitely gonna give you a chance because you've, you earned the chance from all the cast, all the things we've said, the, and the, the right. trailer. You're definitely earning my, my, my watching it worth it, you know. Um, and and actually, they because of that stuff, they've earned me watch the whole season, right? It's, it's, some shows I'll watch mm-hmm. a couple episodes, like nope, it's terrible. This one I'll, I'll definitely give because of all the work they've done before, uh, uh, a full season watch. Um, but I don't, I'm not a big fan of his haircut. I don't know what that, why they had to change that, but whatever, man. Yeah. I'm with you there. <laughs> That's about, um, and I, I will be, I will say this, I will be, uh, hesitant or I'll be like kind of side eyeing when they, if they're going to try to make Spock's emotional, like super emotional, um, because they have played with it in, the discovery season. And then mm-hmm. on that short trek, they definitely played with it. Right. Right. And, and, uh, the actor is phenomenal. Um, and he can do it and he can pull off what needs to be done. And it's not, that's not to be said that like seeing Spock's evolution with emotion happen would be cool, but that's just not the way it happened. Right. Like we, he has to end up super logical. He just has to, um, at the end of this. Yeah. I mean, he's always been a, um, not duplicitous, a dichotomous. I don't know the word for this, right? He's half Vulcan, right? So he's, he's got, which, you know, is as, as the years went by and the, and the lore of Vulcans changed, right? It became more like Vulcans are not logical and emotionless because they're, because they're cold and unfeeling, but because their natural emotions are so strong that they can only, they decided that the best way to function as a society was to suppress those emotions. Um, yeah. And there's a little bit of like, what is maybe weirdness in the canon, but what in reality is when they made uh, the cage, the original very first unaired pilot of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, yeah. The characters weren't clearly defined. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Majel Barrett's character, number one, who mm-hmm. became Nurse Chapel. She was Roddenberry's wife and voiced the computer yep. throughout the classic era and, and the 90s. Um, yep. She was the cold, emotionless character. And Spock was some kind of alien, right? Not <laughs> right. Some defined. kind like, of alien, right? He he straight up grins at at Captain Pike at one point, um, 
And so I think there's, you know, depending on the writers and what they do, they could be taking a little liberty with that and going, you know, when he was young and first serving in Starfleet, you know, he didn't, he, he was still trying to figure out how much of his emotions he was going to suppress or kind of, I don't know. Yeah, they, I, this they is just all have speculation. Really we've not seen what, what they're doing they... so far. We've seen a clip, but we know that they're going to do a pon far sequence. So it could be anything. It's established that, you know, Vulcans go a little mad during pon far. So yeah, they, they, know. they, uh, they got to get uh young Ethan, whatever his name is to get his freak on. So he's good, <laughs> good looking fella. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it, it, it'll be it'll be fun. I'm, you know, I, I'm in I'm in for strike. You know what would be really cool, Dennis? I think um, I, one, it would be cool if this was a very successful series that was fun and and goes on for seven se- six or seven seasons like the other ones, and everybody just loves it. I, that's what I would love to see. Sure, of course, and, and then where it, they end their mission, and I would love to say, heaven forbid, that they put a, a, another Star Trek out. That's Star Trek. That's like with Kirk. They recast Kirk and they put the Spock guy to come over um and they you know cast McCoy and they just do the five-year mission just with different missions. Like not missions, but different, mm. you know what I mean? Like the the original series was just episodic. Everything happened whatever, right? They could do right. that still, right? Just today with new Kirks and stuff like that. So and even periodically redo episodes right um i I know that might be sacrilege for some people but that would be the coolest thing for uh you know 50 years on from a from a 50 60 years on from a a a show to be have it redone again type thing would be really really cool um sure yeah yeah Yeah. very 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 few people (laughs) that are watching media between 18 and 40 ever saw the originals as they came out (laughs) <laughs> right. 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 So anyway, okay, that's cool. The other one was uh Picard season two, episode five. Uh get out of here now if you don't want to hear spoilers, because we're gonna start right off with spoilers. So ding it bell. Yeah, we've we've not uh I don't think we've talked about this in detail yet, but we're gonna talk about uh Picard season two. I'm gonna hit the bell first. Bing a bing a bing. So we are going to discuss in detail the first five episodes of the second season of Star Trek Picard. So if you're still here, get out, punch it. Yep. Uh, so it's cute. I, we did talk about like I, I enjoy that it's a cute story. We talked about some of this sure. stuff, um, and we talked about how we spent a long amount of time on it being Star Trek getting into social commentary and preaching and things like that. So we. Where we came up to last time was where we were very hesitant because episode four kind of started leaning into it a little bit. Um, I thought episode yeah, five didn't think it was fine. Right. I it's been it's been a little bit of a roller coaster, right? Like yeah. the first yeah. the first episode, I was like, okay, we're just refamiliarizing ourselves with these characters, remembering who people are. We're seeing a kind of reluctant, like, is he finally gonna settle down and have a a romantic relationship in his uh, uh, um, twilight years, uh, Picard, and you know, reintroduction of Q, and then, then the sort of setup of like, okay, now we're gonna do time travel, 
right? Yeah. You're like, yeah. okay, time travel. 2024. It's very close. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's two years from now, less than two years from now. I'm like, what are they going to do? Because you know what happens in 2024 is another U.S. election. Well, and also like, what happens in 2024 please... is that we discover force fields and shields with drones. We, we, right. we, we figure that <laughs> I out. I caught that too. I was like, wait, we don't have that tech now. <laughs> oh, it's in two years. Okay, I guess... I guess Jeff and Elon are going to invent that tech in the next two right. years. I, I was completely thrown off by that entire sequence of um, Brent Spiner and the uh, the the lady who plays the, the cyborg in the mm-hmm. future. Those two, I did not know when that was happening at all. Like it was, it was pretty disconcerting. I'll agree. Yeah, I was like, what, what, what? I I don't I don't understand the need. Like they recast Young Guinan, right? I that's great, right? right? Totally fine. I'd rather have that than de-aged Guinan, right? Um, so for sure, wh- why can't they just recast? I don't know. Uh, Soon's heirs. Why does it have to be Brent Spiner? Is every one of this the how do you say it? Soon's Soon's. Do they look exactly alike? Are they all clones of each other throughout history? <laughs> right. Because right. it's yeah. Oh, come on. And then same thing with like his daughter, Sochi, 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 whatever. Like Soji, what, what, you know, the, the daughter's name isn't Soji, but that's the character in the future. Right. So they clearly needed these. They wanted these actors to come and perform for this and pay them. And so they gave them this roles, but like, it just felt so unnecessary. Um, yeah. At, at all. So I, that's my complaint. I also think that uh, they're the writers are not sure what to do with seven of nine and Rafi. I don't think they know what they want to happen with those two. Uh, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. I don't, I don't like Rafi this season, though she gets better with each episode. A little bit, yeah. I don't know. They, they just, yeah, they're so just they're just they, aimless. They're they're kind of like chasing down things. Seven or nine drives right. a car. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, there are there are characters that do that in the so of course this story, the story of this season reminds me both of uh, Star Trek Four, Voyage Home. Sure. And um, uh, uh, Star Trek First Contact, right? Because you've got the Borg Queen and something happened in the past and they ruined it. But then like, oh, here's it's not it's not mirror universe, right? Because they actually did that in in Voyager, I think, where, um, you know, they redid the events of First Contact. And when the Vulcans land, the humans shoot them. Yeah. Right. And they become. Or I don't think they become. I think that's just a glimpse of what happened in the mirror universe, right. where you have the Terran, the Terran Empire, and they are xenophobic and racist, and you know rule through domination. We've seen that brought up several times. It was used extensively in in the first season and two of um, Discovery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and added a lot more lore to it and all that stuff. And I'm like. Okay, what are they going to do? What are they going to change in 2024 that makes human culture continue to be uh, uh, fascist and xenophobic for whatever it is, like 400 years? Well, I'm like, I'm like, what are they going to do? And yeah. fortunately, I'm a little more I was I was very nervous and I got more nervous every episode. Right. Because they go back. Yeah. They go back and they're like, 
oh, look how crappy Earth was back then during this time. It's a wonder they survived. And it's the same thing I was ranting about last week when we were talking about, um, uh, you know, show don't tell and Belfast and, and some mm-hmm. of those things. I was like, you can show us that society is crappy in 2024. 20, um, spoiler, most of us know that already, but you can show us that in your TV show. You don't need one character mansplaining it to the other they're both women but you don't need one character mansplaining it to the other one to like get that idea across this isn't a radio play sorry yeah yeah uh and so you do that right and i'm like okay that's fine now you've got an off books hospital you've got ice agents i don't know what ice agents are like in real life but in tv shows they're always um um thugs and bullies like this yeah. which kind of tracks i i you know probably seems like you know they're whatever i don't we don't go politics on the show but yeah I, I, yeah I i suspect i suspect that while i'm sure there are good people working in dhs and ice um the the nature of what they have to do probably attracts a certain kind of person. Yeah. Right? And, and, and they're, and they're really doing the, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I don't really want to get too much into it. Cause, cause it, it does get like, it's very, very one-sided that whole storyline with that. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever it's, it's played. And I've, and I've seen that before and I'm like, okay, I would not expect a, a nuanced opinion on ice from any TV show. Yeah. For, for sure. And, but, yeah. Right, right now. So, that's fine. I'm like, okay, I'm a little disappointed in that, but whatever. Yeah, like they they and they then, uh, they export him, I guess, to Mexico, just because he he looks like he doesn't sound or act like he's an immigrant or has lived in Spa- Spanish America or Spanish Spanish North America. Um, he, he doesn't look like I mean, he doesn't act like he's from uh, like uh, what do I say? How do I say this? Uh, someone who's just fresh off the boat, right? He, sure, but they're like, we're just going to export you, or like, do they just take anyone off the street and just decide? Mexico's like, yeah, sure, we'll just take everybody in. Like, I mean, I think, I, and again, this is just based on a different TV show. I think <laughs> they take them to um, uh, facilities, right, internment or whatever, you know, facilities. If they can't, right, like he doesn't have anything. He doesn't have any identification papers yeah he doesn't have an address why would he doesn't have any of the things back, right he's not a, they'd say he's an yeah, american I don't, citizen i don't think they are deporting him immediately i think they're just taking him with the rest of them to uh you know to a holding facility where they can be processed or whatever or you know probably just stay there for a long time in cages yeah yeah anyway they do that and and i'm like i'm like okay we're getting closer like I, I, you know, I'm not, uh, whatever, like whatever my opinions on that specific topic, my, my feeling was we're getting closer to this being the bad heavy handed preachiness. And then we do this whole half of an episode with young Guinan, right? And none of this worked for me. I liked the actress. I believed her as young Guinan, um, they're playing very fast and loose with the rules for Alorians, but 
I don't know how much Elorian lore there actually is. Oh, they're besides... playing fast and loose with the rules for time travel, let alone Elorians. Like, well, they, I mean, they rescued the entire bus full of of people they were shipping back and set them free. I'm like, well, I mean, there's your butterfly tra- effect right there. You know? Yeah, time travel stories are always are always that way a little right. bit. Right. So, like, so like the like how the much super sci-fi how much did they change mess with, that I'm not worried about. Uh, mess with with um um. Um, with Zephram Cochran in First Contact. Yeah. Right. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's the character in um, in uh, Generations, Star Trek Generations, the, the quote-unquote villain of that movie is an Elorian, and Guinan. And I don't know what else we know about them except that the Borg wiped out their, their home planet. Um, but, and so, like, Okay, I get it. You threw some BS in here so that you can justify why she looks older than she should when you see Whoopi Goldberg and why in the past she looks young, even though, and I don't know if they just didn't watch these episodes or don't remember. There's a two-part episode where the, you know, Picard and the gang go back to the 1800s and meet Mark Twain. It's a real bad episode yeah with a lot of problematic writing but Guinan is there as the same age Whoopi Goldberg that we see in 10 forward and so so first you have the like okay she's younger now and then she's older on the other side of the the time you know travel thing okay whatever I don't want to see Paramount try and do uh Marvel de-aging on Whoopi Goldberg for a whole episode or maybe several episodes i don't know um so i'm fine with that like hand wavy you know sci-fi magic to make her young again that's fine sure what i couldn't what i couldn't reconcile in my brain is how a person who lived through literal slavery the literal civil war of the u.s gets to the 2020s and is out is like oh and and everything in between right so civil war reconstruction uh gilded age world wars one and two the civil rights movement lives through all of that then gets to the 2020s and is like these people will never change though the 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 you know it happens it comes too slow i'm tired of waiting and i'm like t- like You've you've lived here and seen it. You've you you're a you know species that lives hundreds of years, and you're and you've been able to see it happening. And this is the moment where you're like, they're too divided. They're too and yeah. like those things are true, but that perspective from that character didn't work for me at all. I'm <laughs> like, nope, I don't I don't buy this. This is a convenient angle they're using to to you know. Send a message I, I, to make a statement. I'm sure. Sh- and it's I'm so sure, lazy. Yeah. It's so poorly written. I'm sure. I'm sure that they're like as people were watching all the other Star Treks live. I'm sure they were saying the same kind of things like, "Oh, this isn't you know the worst of America that because we've seen." Like they probably had the same kind of. It's it's like I, I, that didn't bother me because it felt just like another way to be heavy handed. You know, like it, it's it's as grown worthy as any other. M- preaching message where they try to have a character tell us a message of any of the show. So I was like, Ugh. you know, I, I'm, I'm with you there. It just it, it, her, her, it being her didn't bother me as much as it 
it would have been mm. anybody saying it would it was the same way. Um, well, and they had and they had Rafi saying it the episode prior, so it's like, yeah, okay, it's here and here, and I'm like, okay, Rafi is Rafi, like she's already a kind of, uh, um, you know, she's a grouchy character. She's the McCoy of this series, maybe, maybe, I, and I she shouldn't be. It shouldn't seem like she should be. She seemed like the motherly kind, almost like yeah, the, she. she Almost she like should the, be a little more um, easygoing. The and, doctor, what's her name? Um, Beverly, the Doctor Crusher. Crusher, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, the, it's not a, it's not a direct comparison. But I'm like, yeah. okay, she's cranky. She just watched uh, the Romulan kid die and is real upset about that. Yeah. So I don't like that they're telling instead of showing, but it's fine. Yeah. And then they do all this stuff with Guinan, and every every scene, I'm like, no, no, no. Okay, so all of that. And then we get to episode five and we're back in a Star Trek episode. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah. We're like, oh, here's, you know, your ancestor and she's why you're here. It's not it has nothing to do with politics. And, you know, they she goes on this on the. um, Is it Europa? Airy, Airy? What's the mission called? Artemis. Sure. But she's going Artemis? to. Europa. I don't know. Yeah. Well, she's going to Mars and she's going to find life on Io. Wait. It's one of the moons. Oh, on Io. I thought she was going to Europa. Okay. I got that confused. Okay. Because she, she finds they, life, right? Right. She, fi- she finds life on the Mars mission. And that's sort of the start. Presumably, this is, I'm predicting, you know, what the rest of this is going to be. Yeah. Like, this is the, there's life on other planets, right? Yeah. It's not as big as the Vulcans coming down, but it's the, it's the seed. It's the spark. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's the the big one too. And I think that it's going to be um, somehow like it, it. The reason we get so xenophobic is because something bad happens with that life, or good happens with it. Like it being a Picard who discovers it means oh, that that they right. handle it better. Like even if it's like microbiology or something, as opposed to somebody else getting it, and then they. The, yeah, the we we it. haven't seen. We haven't seen yet, as of episode five, like what all that entails. Yeah. I assumed it was maybe something as simple as they don't find life, and they're like, you know, we're alone. And but, yeah, you're probably right that it's gonna be, it's gonna be something bad um, that causes the world to hate alien life, or or be fearful oh, or mistrustful yeah. of, of alien life. Right. Right. Yeah. So so the, and and that's that's what they're good. Now the, the thing that I really kind of want to talk a little bit about here is like Q not being Q. Um, he, mm-hmm. he's well, one, he's got pro- problems clearly, right? Like he's, he's getting old or something's happening to him where he's something's happening, right? He's sick or dying or we don't know yet. Do you think, do you think he's losing his power or is it, is it her? Is, is it, I he think not he's losing his her? power. I think he's, He's he's got a disease, or he's got some kind of mm. alien thing that there's something wrong with him. Uh, but that being said, I don't. This doesn't feel like Q. Not the Q that we've always seen before. It feels like a completely okay. different person. Q is um, chaotic. We've said this before. He's an agent of chaos, yeah. right? And, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I some people might say that he's evil or he's vindictive, but I've never really gotten that. I just think that he's straight up chaotic. Even when he's like putting he's... humankind on trial, he does it with like the weirdest crony people that he's got around him. He's just like this chaotic, crazy man, right? Who's just yeah, giggling he's... at his 
evilness sometimes, right? He's sort of he's capricious. He's like a he's like a a, a magical fae. He's like an all powerful um um being, but like you know, chaotic is the right word. Yeah, he for he, it. he feels like as we watch spinning that he lives. By every every single day he wakes up and and he 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 says carpe diem to himself and then does it right. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels like a vindictive, uh, angry person who is a bad guy, right? Who who's doing a villain and Picard has always seen him that way. So that it's not surprising that Picard is is angry at him and and, and considering he, Picard's always considered him evil, right? But I've I've never sure. gotten that. So this this does feel like they put Q in so far, and Q is just a villain, and he's the villain of the season. I'm like, I don't know. Grant, he's we don't have enough on him yet. But every time we've seen yeah. him, he he's like he's manipulating a girl to be depressed, and like mm-hmm. it just feels so weird, right? It, it, I I don't understand. I want I want more Q. I want more John Delancey, obviously. Uh, but I just don't. I just don't want him to be evil. Like an evil Q. Like I, he. You know what he feels like? He feels like the mirror verse Q, right? Um. He he does. You know Maybe. what? Wait. You know what? He does have a goatee. Hmm. Ooh, that That's would be true. That would be that would be absolutely insane if this is mirror verse. Um. Oh, plot twist. <laughs> right. And then and then we say we saw it all along. He had a goatee from the beginning. Yep. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure someone else on the internet has come up with that. Right, but between us, we just now thought that he's got a goatee. It's mirror versus Q. Oh, that's that's great. Interesting, interesting. And I mean, maybe maybe it has been the whole time. Yeah, right. right. And that's yeah. why. Uh, that's why the the fascist future thing is not uh, Terran Empire. It's a uh, what are they? They call it uh, the Confederacy. Right. No, Confederation. Confeder because Federation, but Confederation. Okay. So it's like anti Federation. And it's, I'm like, it's so close to Confederacy. Why yeah, they're they're one hundred percent doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Writers are very not <laughs> are, are not subtle. Not yeah. subtle at all. Um Yeah, so yeah. If if it's Mirrorverse uh Q, that'd be super hot and awesome. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and I take it all back, right. Cause that guy could be evil and vindictive. <laughs> with, and, and if, if they did that and had him have a goatee, I would be like, notch this up as a great show. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, that the, the girl playing the young Picard, uh, I don't know what to say. Like she, she doesn't feel like Renee. Yeah. Renee. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I we haven't heard from her a lot, but yeah, we haven't we haven't seen enough of her to to form judgment, at least for me. Yeah, you know? I, she just she's not so far in the two episodes we've seen her. She's not like really compelling or anything. Or she's not said much or done much. Or she doesn't feel look depressed or sad or angry. I don't know, nothing there. Uh, last topic on this one. Um, I I'm digging. There's one storyline I'm digging, and it's the board queen and the blonde ladies. Uh, uh, the doctor, uh, that Sarati. I'm kind of, I'm kind of digging that. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't. Boy, I was kind of hard on Rafi earlier, and I'm not crazy about Agnes Gerardi either. Um, uh, you know, Seven Jerry Ryan is fantastic, and mm-hmm. the Borg Queen is good too. I'm definitely getting Battlestar Galactica vibes from that whole 
uh, uh, side story of of this season, right? She's yeah, very, yeah. I mean, it's... You, we don't see we don't usually see this much of the Borg Queen, and she functions a lot like the the hybrids in Battlestar Galactica. They're like controlling the ship, and they're sort of seeing into the infinite. Yeah. Um, and and she she's also like where we end this episode. She's you can't, doing you the... can't you can't peg it better than the you Gaius just did and yeah and six thing from yeah. from bsg the rest yeah, of the season exactly. is going to be gaius and, and her and six like that's mm-hmm. that's exactly what that is which is fine you know that's that that gives that makes agnes considerably more compelling than she was last season right yeah it, i agree it gives her a purpose and a reason and a thing and a struggle and character arcs and it gives her all sorts of stuff that she can do um yeah she can do all this fun stuff where she like seems like she's talking to herself but she's a genius it's wow it's so similar to i mean just without the the romantic elements but there's still this like she and the borg queen have had their minds melded so yeah there's a there's a different kind of intimacy that's not it's not romantic yeah um that that they have to like they kind of it's a couple that they're they're a need They're each other because of not and, to be alone yeah. type thing right right but not in a romantic way of course obviously but um yeah, yeah no that I, i'm i'm there for it i'm i'm fine with that i'm i dig it it's pretty cool i like um that agnes wasn't just back at the at the base by herself you know being the man in the chair i was it was there was something right. going on there and that the board queen wasn't just like a little extra side thing like she's they're keeping her around and she's going to be a compelling character in this in this season so that's cool um and again i i dig that picard's definitely a main character possibly the main character but he's not like dominating screen time every every shot right mm. like it's still yeah, this yeah. is very much an ensemble cast show um yeah oddly enough that it's called picard uh mm. for you know that it, it's like discovery should be called you know burnham and this should be called right. Discovery or something, you know, uh, <laughs> because this is much more of an ensemble show. Uh, so, right. so yeah, I, I liked I liked five uh, good for all the reasons you said. Brought it kind of back around to Star Trek episode. I, I dig it. I am liking this season pretty good so far, pretty well. Um, obviously better than Discovery. Um, so, you know, nice to have some some uh, some Trek to to watch. Mm-hmm. The um, I don't understand. In closing on this one, I don't understand uh, who the Watcher is. I I thought you might like it because it ties it into the original series that I don't an episode I don't know about. Did you know about that? Gary Seven is that what it is? Gar- uh, they mentioned Kirk's Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, Gary Seven. I was that. Is that where they they that... they made the terrible names like they called them the Supervisor and the Watchers or the Overseers? I'm like, those are terrible names. Wow probably it's it's a good thing it's a good thing thing. very famous uh uh, comic book authors never came up with silly names like that oh no they're they're terrible but you know they uh yeah yeah they changed them Uh, eventually (laughs) i think boy i don't remember now there's a there's a gary who goes to the edge they go to the edge of the galaxy in an episode called where no man goes before no man has gone before Mm. and they you know receive godlike powers i don't think that's gary seven though i think that's a different gary it's like one of the crewmen on the ship it's one of the earlier episodes uh i don't remember for sure i sort of had in my mind that there's some 
version of or some subset of temporal investigations, but they might be something higher um, than that with their with their non-interference thing. And now they're doing a heist. It's, so. it's definitely a, a deep, deep, deep cut. So which I'm sure Trek right. fans love uh, what did I miss something and that they did they ever explain why the watcher lady is the same actress from the future? Not yet. Okay. But, and then nobody else you know. in the Picard team even questions it. Like, oh, yeah, that's your, isn't that your, like, girlfriend? Rafi says something. Oh, does she? It's like, when she meets her. They just, don't, they just don't seem to care. It's totally fine. It's a Romulan girl. It's not a Romulan anymore, but, you know, whatever. Uh, right. And she's younger. You know, good, good on good on him. Way to go, Picard. <laughs> so, anyway. I mean, it's it's the same actress. I don't know if she's younger. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, last five minutes we got here. We're going to spend five minutes on this one. How did you think of the first episode of Moon Knight? New Marvel entry um, into the world. Only one episode, so, so not a lot here to go on. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know anything about this. I jokingly called him Marvel Batman because <laughs> I knew it annoyed you. Um, <laughs> and I don't. And I honestly don't know a whole lot about him. I intentionally yeah, I didn't and, try to. And read. the people I know, our buddy Fox and one of my other online friends, like know this character very well and have a whole box full of the mm. uh, uh, flop. No floppies. What do you call the loose comics? Oh, just uh, the comics. single issues whatever um our buddy troy from icg con troy chicago he's also the same way has them all and are like this is the greatest best ever and so i watched this first episode and i'm like okay first of all what do i recognize this guy from (laughs) poe you mean is yeah he's poe i was like oscar isaac's oscar oh he's poe from from star wars star wars sequels but uh i was like what is not what I expected at all. And then by the time I got to the end of the first episode, I was like, who is this for? Like, I assume everybody who knows the character already from the comics gets it and knows what's going on with this, like, Egyptian uh, deity possessing him or whatever, whoever Mark is, and, uh, and all of that. And so this whole episode is just this long what's in the box sequence for new viewers, right? Mm-hmm. I was lost, but I assume that like you and Fox and everybody who's read the comics was not lost and was just like, oh, how are they going to reveal? It was just a weird choice well, to me. Well, you would be wrong. <laughs> I had no oh, idea okay. what was going on. Um, but I, you know this character or? No, no, or I, no. I, I don't. I, I can say this. I know from reading comic book covers when I was a kid in, you know, as I read, spend time in the comic book store and just read all the covers and flip through that. I see Mark Spector is the moon Knight, and he's a mercenary. That's that's, and that again is from reading comic book covers, right? That's mercenary. Mark Spector is the moon Knight. teams up with Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Like that's all I know. Mm. Um, and then yes, there's some kind of Egyptian God with it, but I don't know. Um, I have heard from, off interviews or people randomly hearing conversations, something there, there has stuff to do with like uh, disassociative disorder or like schizophrenia. Okay. Some kind of mental illness, Uh, Mm -hmm. but, but I don't know. I really don't know. So this one was uh, starting off with like, Oh man, this, okay. So this is, this guy has this kind of thing. Uh, But it felt like, Oh man, can't an entire show season be simply about that? Like, didn't we watch like wasn't Memento or something? 
Like there's a whole thing where people don't know what they do the next day and they wake up and time's out of their life. Um, when's the superhero, when are they going to fit the superhero part into this, you know, um, <laughs> which, which they do, but it still, still feels like one episode was really confusing. Um, yeah. That I didn't know. Uh, w- was that good? Do you think I'm, um, I, I have a feeling that that's supposed to be that way. I think that they want us to be confused like he is, you know, not, not understanding any sure, of this. Cause sure. he, that Steven, the Steve character, Steven feels definitely like a fish out of water. He doesn't know what's happening. He's you know, like super normal guy. Every turn, he's like trying to give the scare back. He's trying to run away. He's just trying to not be part of any of this. So it feels like a normal person like we would be. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely, um, I definitely was frustrated by the workplace scenes. Those were effectively mm-hmm. written <laughs> to be infuriating. Yes. Um, Yes. How they keep calling him, what, Stevie or something like that? Saying the wrong name, just being real crappy with him. When like, And you're seeing everything from his perspective, right? So you're right. sympathetic with him. So every time somebody gives him crap, you're like, oh, what's your problem? What's your problem, lady? Just <laughs> just back off him. He doesn't need to carry that box right now. <laughs> right. Can you just hold this box? He's like, I got something, a god chasing me, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I one episode. There's not a lot to say with that for me. I, I I like it so far. I like the acting and the writing and the uh, directing. Seems interesting. Yeah, I'm interested. Um, mm-hmm. But it's I'm even more interested because I don't know anything about this at all. Um, so that's kind of cool. It's a weird. It's a. I mean, it's obviously not weird because this is how TV used to be done all the time. Well, you go far enough back and it's episodic. But you know. We have the ability now where they don't have to release the episodes a week apart. Yeah. Right. And right. they did or tried to do that with WandaVision. Yeah. Right. I think definitely a show can start with one episode and hook you. Yeah. Right. Like, um, like Lost. Yeah. Right. You're like, oh, the plane crashed and you're going to get just enough. I. This first episode tried to do that, I think. Hmm. But. I was just kind of overwhelmed and and a little annoyed by the end. I was like, we spent a long time with the mystery and now sort of have it answered here at the end with the episodes over. Yeah. Like, I I normally am kind kind of devil's advocate for the I don't need everything all at once right now. Yeah. But I would have rather... I don't know what the second episode is going to be, but I would have rather had them both. I, I, I would agree. have rather gotten 100%. more of an explanation. Like I don't feel like hooked and compelled to see, see the next episode. I feel annoyed. Yeah, I feel like the show is wasting my time. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel annoyed or, or wasting time, but I do feel like it needed two two episodes because, or we, how do I say? We don't. I want to use the D word. I feel like we deserved another episode. Kind of like if the if the second episode was just of the missing time periods, right? Like mm. if it wasn't from a Stevie perspective, Steven perspective from Mark Pe- Spector's perspective, um, which is the other guy that, that, you know, yeah. is inhabiting him. Um, then that would be cool. Then we could start to see like, Oh, this is, this is a show about multiple people living in one person's body. Yeah. And, and we'll I probably, think that's what it's going to be. I think I'll, that's I'll, what they're doing. We'll, 
we'll probably have more to say after that second episode comes out. Yeah. But if it is that, if it's those missing parts and were shown from Mark's perspective, I would have rather had them do either drop both episodes the same week or do both of those stories in one episode. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Yeah, I, I would have I would have liked to seen that. And then then you can be on board with who this character or what kind of series and show you're getting. Um, and then yeah. be ready to, to be on with these characters in this world and this, this story. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to say. We can't really talk too much about it. It's one episode, but. Uh, and I mean, yeah. you know, just to, just to, again, play a little bit devil's advocate on my own opinion. Um, you know, that I, I feel like it's just mystery so far and they've not given us enough to like hook us into watching the show, but this is Marvel. They have an audience built in. They don't have to, they're not obligated to really hook an audience because they have enough of an audience who will like, I mean, we're going to watch it for the podcast, but even if we weren't, you and I and thousands, if not millions of others are going to watch at least the first few episodes, even if they are a week apart. Um, and I, I so, got a, I got know. an interesting response from Sydney today. I, I she hadn't okay. seen a trailer or anything about this character, and I said, "Hey, there's there's the new new Marvel thing, and I got to watch this. I got to watch this for the show. We got to watch it now. I can't wait on you to watch this, right? Because sometimes she's be slow mm-hmm. on watching things. I, I got to watch mm-hmm. this. You want to watch this with me? And she was like, "So who is it? I was like, "It's a guy named Moon Knight." She's like, "Who is he? Like, he's he's a Marvel character." She's like, "Is he going to be important?" <laughs> I said. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I don't right. know. Like, is he going to be in the future? Is he an MCU thing? Is he going to be movies? Is he going to be TV only? Cause this is just a limited series, by the way, it's not an ongoing. So it's just, it's not like, Loki. Yeah. it's, well, it's going to tell the story and be like a long movie. Um, and I, I didn't know how to answer that for, her. I didn't know. Like, is he going to, I think he is. I think he, he teams up with Spider-Man. He, he's a street level guy like daredevil. And Punisher and I'm, I know they'll be doing things with them. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if this is just one of those ones like you just watch. This is a one season, one limited thing. And then, then that's it or what? Right. So, uh, and I, so I didn't know how to answer that too. She's like, should I watch this? Because I want to see, I want to keep up with Marvel stuff. I'm like, I don't know. I, how do I know that? Uh, right. And other times I could say like, Oh yeah, Spider Man is super important to the entire Marvel world. Definitely don't miss Spider Man. You know, I mean, they almost never anymore do stuff that completely doesn't matter, right? At least Marvel MCU stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that being said, I don't know if Agents of Shield have any kind of long lasting. Well, effects. right. I mean, besides <laughs> Agents of Shield and maybe the original Hulk movie, uh, like yeah. everything has at least something it's gonna have some kind of tie-in or or I don't know. or iron fist right they're, they're always gonna hope us we forget about that one well the yeah the netflix shows are not uh are not connected they're canon but they're not um you in, know in not, any way required they're not capital mcu right anyway yeah. sorry all right well, well next, next yeah we'll watch we'll, that one we'll, watch some more we'll star see. trek picard and we'll see how that goes yeah. um, i'm going to watch movie next week um just heads up for people who also gonna hear me talk next week i, I don't know if you're gonna watch this but it's that anywhere everything all at once type type movie mm. um, 
I, I've oh, kind of been with, looking forward to it. It looks weird and uh, odd. Michelle Yao? Yeah, and I'm a big fan of her. I'm a big fan of her. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to go out and watch that in theaters just because I haven't seen one a, a good movie in a while. I don't know if it's going to be good, but um, you know, you got to give interesting, different kind of movies a chance every once in a while. And this one looks exciting and has a great actress. So here we go. I'll tell you about it. Yeah, I'm going to be... I'm going to be back close to that cool theater where I saw the Batman. Um, oh, right. Isn't that where they showing. bring you like a beer in the middle of the, the thing? Yeah, they have servers so I could order food to be and beer to be brought in at uh, at a specific time. Sounds perfect. Kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if the, they're playing that yet, but I might go see that uh, ridiculous Channing Tatum. Uh, oh, dog? Um, no. Uh, is it? Oh no! It's with um, I know Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. It's yeah. it's that other Uncharted movie. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I guess yeah. I, I've got the AMC ticket thing. I maybe I could even go watch mm. that thing. Um, for those I don't listening, know that, uh, you know. wondering why we're not talking about going to go see Morbius or something, we um, because of all I've the, heard the, only the, bad only, things, only about terrible Morbius. things. Um, yeah. But we we will watch it um, and we will talk about it. But we're saving it for. Uh, our buddy Fox's friend Joe's 40th birthday. Oh, that's right. He's and gonna we're going to go. He's running out of theater for us show. to all watch it. And we're all going to come there gonna, and celebrate it. We're going to Mystery Science Theater. Though. Yeah, that's right. We're in Mystery Science Theater. The crap out of this show. Um, so it, ho hopefully it'll be hopefully it'll be so terrible that it's great. Right. Right. So bad. So bad. It's good. Yeah. That's cool. Bad, maybe. All right. You've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode 240. We're almost to another even number milestone. Yay. Thanks as always to our friends at uh, LRM Online. Check them out. Movie board game reviews. If you have questions, comments, feedback, suggestions for things we should watch, you can reach out to us via email. That address is frontporchpod, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, our website can be found at frontporchpodcast.com. There are show notes there when appropriate and... Uh, uh, comment boxes on every episode you can use those if you enjoyed the show please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice and while you're there leave us a review we always appreciate that as always thanks so much for joining us until next time i'm dennis and i'm michael for the front porch night everybody see you next time